0: Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Character is not portraiture. Character description is not just to describe what a character looks like, but what it suggests about who that character is. descriptions are sometimes hard to pull off. There are two main pitfalls. Number one, character description is a form of telling, not showing. So it interrupts the action and stops the story's flow. And pitfall number two sometimes writers will use generic details that could describe anybody because they're trying to be too literal. There's nothing distinct or memorable about these characters, but there are ways to work around this, which we'll get to in a second, so stay with me. The most common mistake I see writers make is they'll describe characters by their physical traits rather than the effect they have on other characters. And I see this a lot on various Facebook groups. A writer will post a picture of someone they want to base their character on, and it will be a drop-dead gorgeous man or woman or some other stereotype like an evil villain. And then they'll ask, how would you describe this character. Most answers on the thread go something like this. He had an intense glare under thick eyebrows and emerald green eyes, a chiseled jaw, and a mop of jet black hair. So we get a literal description of the character, but it doesn't give us anything memorable. It reads more like portraiture. Character is not portraiture. Character description is not just to describe what a character looks like, but what it suggests about who that character is. Yes, the thick eyebrows, emerald green eyes, chiseled jaw, and mop of jet black hair may be accurate, but they don't give us an image of this guy. And the quickest way to the reader's engagement is through images. So let's take the same character, the guy with the emerald green eyes, the chiseled jaw, and the jet black hair, and let's see how another writer ripped on that same photo. I love this description from group member Ari Angel Midas. She can't say she doesn't see the appeal of him. He's classically handsome with a dash of windswept, tortured artist. But there's something about him that sets her on edge. It's his eyes. They belie the carefully constructed facade of carefree creative. There are shadows lurking in their green depths so deeply that no amount of smiling or casual chatting can rid the almost sinister feeling he gives off. Those forest green irises scan the room slowly, even as others speak to him, and he answers them back somewhat enthusiastically. It's almost as if he's searching for someone or something. She looks around the room briefly herself, but seeing nothing out of the ordinary, she turns her gaze back to where he stands, holding court in the middle of the room, and her heart gives a startled leap. Because he's looking at her, straight at her. Her mind flashes back to three years ago with Bronson and how she barely escaped, and in a rush of deja vu, it immediately hits her what he's looking for, pray. And by the way his eyes slightly narrow and a content smile curls around the rim of his flute as he downs the rest of his champagne, it seems like he's found it. Now, this is a freestyle riff on the photo, but this writer has great instincts. There are two reasons I love this description. Number one, she's describing him from the perspective of her character. She's giving us the effect of his physical traits, not just the physical details alone. And she's giving us some clues about who this guy is. And number two, she's blending his description into the scene. We see this guy in action. And that lets us see him beyond his physicality. Yes, he's devastatingly handsome and charismatic, but she senses something sinister underneath, and we get a sense that she might find herself in some trouble with this guy. So there's mystery. It's not just a static character description. So number one, Describe the character from another character's viewpoint. Go for the effect, not the mere physical traits. And number two, embed character description into the action. Make it part of the scene. And number three, go beyond general details. Anna Marie was 29 years old. She was thin and beautiful, Those details are generic and mundane. So one way to avoid generic character descriptions is to make the character unusual, even strange. In Bernard Malamud's story, Still Life, Arthur is an American artist in Italy, and he's renting studio space from Anna Maria, a painter who lives in Rome. And here's how he describes her the first time he meets her. The Patrici, a thin, almost gaunt, high-voiced, restless type with short black, uncombed hair, violet mouth, distracted eyes, and tense neck, a woman with narrow buttocks and piercing breasts, was in her way attractive, if not in truth, beautiful." She had on a thick black woolen sweater, eroded black velveteen culottes, black socks and leather sandals spotted with drops of paint. So here Arthur does label Anna Maria beautiful. So it's you could say it's generic, it's abstract, but the details he uses to describe her defy what we normally associate with beauty. Ironically, The descriptive details support Arthur's judgment about her beauty, and whether we agree with his judgment or not, we believe in his attraction. Details such as distracted eyes, uncombed hair, narrow buttocks, piercing breasts, these call forth an image of an intense, undomesticated, sexually charged woman. Her thin-gaunt figure, eroded black clothes, and paint-splattered sandals suggest bohemian poverty. Now, we don't need to know Anna Maria's exact age, and the author never discloses it, but we can infer that she's probably in her 20s, maybe late 20s, by the black velveteen culottes she wears, her piercing breasts, and the restless, ornery disposition that her tense neck and high voice suggest. Her violet mouth and black clothes imply mysterious, dark, even morbid preoccupations. So we ourselves may not find Anna Maria attractive, but we believe Arthur does, and that's all that matters. Through these vivid and concrete and precise details, we know that it's her strangeness that he finds appealing. So we infer a lot about her. Now, I want to stress that this introduction to Anna Maria and everything that this description implies about her is dramatized all throughout the story. So the assumptions we make about her based on these details play out as the story continues. Now, sometimes writers will give us a gorgeous character introduction, and then that's it. So they won't let it play out throughout the story. So it's we get it as a static description, and then it doesn't it it doesn't show up in the rest of the story. So the inferences we make about that character don't play out in the rest of the story. Now in this story, everything we infer from this introduction to Anna Maria does play out. She is high strung and she is hard to deal with. Now Anna Maria is not your run-of-the-mill character. She's a little strange and she's unusual. But even if your character is ordinary, that doesn't mean you use ordinary details to describe him or her. When you're precise about the details, the ordinary can be be extraordinary. It can be fascinating to the reader. So here's a description of a character from Alice Munro's story, Lives of Girls and Women. Now, this description is embedded in a scene, and Fern is described from the perspective of another character. So here's how she's described. Her voice was small for such a big woman, plaintive, put upon, but in the end, good humored, yielding. All those qualities my mother had developed for her assault upon life, sharpness, smartness, determination, selectiveness, seemed to have their opposites in Fern with her diffuse complaints, lazy movements, indifferent agreeableness. She had a dark skin, not olive, but dusty-looking, dim, with brown pigmented spots as large as coins. It was like the dappled ground under a tree on a sunny day. Her teeth were square, white, slightly protruding with little spaces between them. These two characteristics, neither of which sounds particularly attractive in itself, did give her a roguish, sensual look. So Fern's description is built on contrasts. The narrator compares her with her own mother. She also uses juxtaposition. And Monroe is very precise about the color of her skin and her teeth. And then she gives us the cumulative effect of those details, which is that she has a roguish Sensuality. So, this description elevates her beyond the ordinary and the mundane. So, let's wrap this up. To create character descriptions that bring your story to life, number one, describe from another character's perspective, show the effect, not just the physical traits. Number two, embed description into the action. Make it part of the scene. And number three, avoid generic descriptions by using precise sensory details. I hope today's episode of Writer Unleashed helps you create more engaging and fascinating characters. Please don't go anywhere without subscribing. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review so that Writer Unleashed reaches more writers. And if you want to connect with more like-minded writers and with me, join us on our Facebook group, Writer Unleashed Community. It's totally free to join. I'll see you next week, same time same place. Till then, keep writing and I'll talk to you soon.